there's been all day, uh, my day started out uh, kind of with what I was teaching uh, about just taking hold of the Word of God this morning on, on the high call, just just hearing the Word and standing for, for healing. It was actually a, a, a teaching of, of Jesus. But then I got a text from a man as I was pulling up here this morning before I got up into men's Bible study, and he didn't say anything. He just sent me a song, and I could tell by the song that it was it was one that just like it's one that you would want to hear when you were fighting a battle. And uh, I, I know that it, it may not fit everybody in here, but if you, if you don't need to know that right now, you're going to need to know it at another time. Amen. Because we got an enemy that doesn't doesn't like us. We got a we we live in a in a circumstances and situations all day long in a in a world that is against us. We're swimming upstream. We're battling things all the time. And and if we don't understand that, then we're you know we got to ask ourselves: Am I do I have any spiritual any anything spiritual to recognize those things? Because here's the thing. God has given us the authority and the ability through His Word to walk in in the power of God and and have success in the Word. But we got to take our ground. We got to hold our ground. We got to stand up against the enemy. And <coughs> excuse me, sorry, I'd have shut that off. I thought it was going to be that loud. But um, <coughs> there is. There's all kinds of things going, going on in this world that can, can get us down. And I wrote in my notes, and if, if you got your Bible, you can turn to 1 John 4, 4. We're going to start there. We're going to look at some Scripture. And we're not going into a whole lot of Scripture. Um, and these are all probably, they should be familiar verses to you. You can probably quote this first one. But I want you to see something here in, in 1 John. Uh, because I wrote down here, do you ever feel like you're overwhelmed by this world? Do you ever feel like that you don't have enough in the tank? Or maybe you just say, I can't do this anymore. You know, people in ministry uh, give up and, or, or, or quit. They, they, the amount of ministers, I don't feel that right now. I mean, not saying I haven't ever felt it, but this isn't for me necessarily. But it has been, and it can be. And if I don't maintain what I'm teaching tonight, it, it can easily become me just like it can become you. And we got to learn how to trust God and uh, fall on his word. And, and I've called this stoking the fire because see, our fire will cool. Our, our, our strength will come to its end. There's, there's a, a, a battle goes on in the spirit realm for us as believers. And, and let, me just, let me just let you know, the more you know, the more the devil will try to come against you. And the more you have to do, the, the devil will come against you sometimes. But he's coming against marriages. He's coming against individuals. He's coming against families and churches. And, and he's coming against businesses that are, especially if they're, they're following God. And so I, I want us to look at this First uh, John 4, 4. But I'll just mention a scripture, a verse that I was looking up, kind of just looking up on my phone as I was, as I was wanting to add a few things. But Matthew six thirty four just says, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow. There's enough worries for today. 
We don't need to worry about tomorrow, but worry, but tomorrow will cause worry because sometimes you wonder, where am I going to be next year and, or, or next month? How am I going to get where? And it may be finances. It might be your health. It might be, it might be relationships and many different pressures. But Mark, or, or 1 John 4, 4 says, uh, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people. Because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Now, I'll explain the context of all that here in just a minute, but I wanted to start with that verse. Because something that we need to understand and we need to fall back on is, and, and to remember is 1 John 4, 4 says that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We need to have a, an understanding that the Holy Spirit in us, when we've made Jesus Lord, is greater, and He's at work in us. And I think sometimes I, I see Christians, maybe not you guys, everybody in here may have this under control. You may have this, in, but I remember needing to know, and sometimes on a monthly, weekly, daily, and even hourly basis, remind myself the greater one lives in me. I'm nobody without Christ, but I'm somebody because he's in me. And I want you to know that you're the same way when we've made Jesus Lord and we need his strength and his help. You know, the context of this verse uh, is, is surrounded by the fact that there's a spirit of Antichrist just there in the, in the verses right before it. There's a spirit of Antichrist which is, is, has come into this world. And so... Uh, if he needs down right inside that glass there, there's some toys and things and you'll be able to hear and watch if you if you if that helps you. I know that's always a struggle and we're so glad you're here, but we set that up and we hadn't had any babies in a while and so it hadn't got to be used. So anyway, we, we that's why we put it there. So if if there's some toys and oh just go right up there. There's a door right up there. Yeah, don't go down and around. You you can't leave. We lock the doors. Now, we want you to be comfortable, her to be comfortable, them to be comfortable, and, and everybody around you. So thank, thankful for you guys being here. First time here, and uh, we're sure blessed to, to see. It's good to see a baby and hear a baby. All right. So anyway, um, back to the Word of God, though. This is talking about the spirit of Antichrist. And, and that's what he's saying. You're greater than those that are in the world because of the spirit of God in you there is a spirit of antichrist now we know eventually the antichrist is going to show up I believe as, as we're, we're getting close to the end. We've been studying the book of Revelations and we're, uh, Revelation, and we're almost to the end. In fact, uh, we are down to the, almost to the Battle of Armageddon. We're right in chapter 18 and chapter 19 we'll, over the next week or so, and we'll continue to, uh, to do that study in talking about the, the end, how everything wraps up. It's pretty awesome. But we know the Antichrist will show up and, and rule, as a leader in the earth, but there's a spirit of Antichrist, and it's that that's, that's, that's here now. Let's back up just a little bit, and let's look at verse uh, 2, 1 John 4, verse 1. And, well, we'll just start at 1. We're, we're that close. If I can get my page to turn. He says, dear, dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they come from... Uh, that, uh, they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. 
This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God, if a person claims to be a prophet, acknowledges that Jesus Christ is, is, uh, came in real body, that person has the Spirit of God. So he identifies or tells us how to kind of test spirits there, and, and, and I think there's always, that's always something we're responsible for. When you're sitting in a teaching, when you're listening to something, you know, it's one of the concerns. It's also good, but it's concerns with YouTube and, and the reels and all the things. Man, kids, young people, uh, you can tell I'm getting old. I call those in their 20s and 30s kids. Uh, but people, young people and older people are searching. And we'll go to these social media things, and, and we got to know the Word of God and be able to, to, to uh, know what they're teaching and test the spirits that, that, are, that, that are speaking or the people that are speaking. But here in verse 3, he says, But if, if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. He who lives in, uh, in you is greater and mightier than he who is in the world. You know, if we, if we first of all get an understanding it, that our help is not just coming from outside, but it's already on the inside of us, and we got to learn how to, how to use that to build us up and to strengthen us. You know, uh, I've used the illustration before, but talking about the, the old, the old uh, gas commercial that talked about the tiger in your tank. Some of you older folks can remember that, that commercial. I don't know, Philip 66, or I don't remember who, who Texaco, maybe, I think it was Texaco. Anyway, you used to have this, this commercial that had come on and talking about tigering to you was better, your car would run better because you used their gas. Probably came from the same refinery as everybody else's, but that's their, that was their ploy. But here's the thing, we've got something on the inside of us, and we need to recognize that. We need to understand that, that, that God is here in the Apostle John. Is, he's separating or he's dividing out those that are of the world and those who are of God. You know, the, the world would try to, they'd have a viewpoint of God and they try to muddy the waters. They try to bring question as to what is true and what is right. But we know that we can go to the Word and follow that, walk in that, live in that. You know, it's interesting how this reads. It says, little children. He kind of he talks down to them, you, you might think. But I see this as he relates to this. He says, in the smallest that you are, the weakest, you know, little children would be the weakest type of, of, of kid. You know, that, that baby, that baby didn't have any power to, to, to uh, it could get our attention. Because that's what babies do. That's all they know how to do. Because they, they're not, they're powerless. And he says, even in your, I believe that's what he's saying, in, even in your most weak condition, when you understand you have the greater one living inside you, you're still greater than the spirit that comes uh, of the spirit of Antichrist or the, or, or the demonic spirits or, or Satan and, and all of his power that would sometimes come against us. It also talks about our victory is already ours because we're his. When we understand that, we've already won. And we're going to look at other scriptures that support that. But getting that idea and that understanding, so you may say sometimes, well, I don't feel very, very victorious. I don't feel like I'm, I'm winning right now. But we've got to understand who, who holds our future. 
and who the power of God, who has the, the, where the power of God comes from. It says also that greater and mightier one makes this possible. I love that. Well, let's turn over to, if you got your Bible, uh, again, turn to uh, Romans chapter 8. And we're going to look at another passage that talks about this same thing. Romans chapter 8, you know, is such a such an amazing uh, chapter. Uh, it alone can really cover a whole lot of things. You can you can divide Romans chapter eight up into a whole lot of the whole uh, uh, experience that we have as believers and how we walk in and in and through these things. But Romans chapter eight. Uh, and I want us to look, first of all, at chapter nine, or verse 9. Now, I usually go all the way through this, but for the sake of time, I, I'm not going to go into. But that verse 1 is, is one that we do want to hit. And it's, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. You know, we're never going to try to tap into the power of God that he's made available to us, I don't believe, if we don't also understand that there's no condemnation from God. That means he is, there's that, that is defined as there's no banishing judgment. There's, no, there's none of that for, for those that are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because he sees us through the blood. When we've made Jesus Lord of our lives, he doesn't see us the same. Even though he knows we're not perfect, he sees us through the blood of Jesus. So his condemnation is not there for us. We, we have then access to God. We have the ability to, to, to come to him. And so he talks about uh, being led of the Spirit, and he talks about getting your mind uh, after the Spirit. But verse 9, I want us to just begin here. He says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. He talks about the difference between those that are led by the Spirit and those who are, who are still led by their flesh or by sin. But he says, you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the Spirit. Notice this. If you have the Spirit of God living in you. Now, we got to ask ourselves, what does it take to have the Spirit of God in us? Well, we have to have confessed Jesus as Lord and been born again. The Bible, the Bible talks about that, that the the Holy Spirit comes to live and dwell in us. And we can ask for more power from God or, or, or for, and the, the power of the Holy Spirit begin to work and be empowering in us and working in and through us. But, but the Spirit of God is in us. And he says, you're controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And, and he put in parentheses in this New Living Translation, it says, and remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. So he separates the two. But then what I want us to do is I want us to connect that uh, middle part of verse 9. You are controlled by the by the Spirit of God, if, he's, if, if the Spirit of God is living in you, to verse 10, and it says, And Christ lives within you, so even though your body, now, now catch this, even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. Now, the reason I wanted to get to that verse and not get, not get caught up in all the rest of, uh, of this, this teaching, uh, or the teaching that's going on in, in chapter 8, is because I believe it, it fits with what God was just stirring in me that we need. Again, may not have, maybe not everybody in here tonight, but, but I know of those that they were just like, God, I'm, I'm fighting this battle, but I'm, I'm at the end of me. 
But he tells us, he said, when the Spirit of God is in us, it says that, that he, he, even though we're going to die, the Spirit gives life. We're going to die in our physical bodies, but the Spirit of God gives us life. We know from John 10.10 10 that that means life more abundant. So he's there to strengthen us in all the things of life, in all the areas of life. Now, verse 11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. So what I, want, what I believe the Spirit of God was just challenging us with tonight is that we realize the greater one, the Holy Spirit, lives in us. And it, according to this scripture, he says that the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us, and he'll strengthen us. If we can learn to grow in the things of God, and we can learn to, to allow or rely on the help from the Holy Spirit from the inside out, you know... That was a process for me. I had to, I had to learn. I, was, I wanted to do everything through my mind and my physical body. I, I felt like I could take on anything. I felt like I could win any battle, fight any fight, uh, overcome any, anything. And then I realized as I got a little older, and I'm talking about I was only in my 20s then, it, not, not now. I figured this out long ago. But as, as you begin to get older, you realize you have limitations. I remember uh, I was uh, used to play with it at, at, uh, when we lived in Arkansas. One of the things that we did was we uh, played softball, and uh, we had a men's church league team. And uh, this is a, a great big church, and we had two or three teams. But we had we had the team that was competitive. And, uh, of course, I was uh, one of the older guys on that team. I was about 30. And there was a bunch of several guys that were in their 20 or that, that were in, you know, college age kids, you know, in their 20s. And I was about 30 or 30. I don't know, about 30 years old, I guess. And uh, and uh, so of course, I still thought I was 22, you know, or so. And uh, th at that time, I was working in an office a lot because the big church, we, we full time office hours. And so I wasn't uh, I, I wasn't I was roping some, I, you know, rode some, but I really didn't work physically a lot. Uh, and so I wasn't in as good a shape probably as I needed to be or would like to have been. But I didn't act like I was 30 something. I still played like I was 20. And so, I mean, if I hit the ball and I could run and, you know, it, there wasn't a sliding, diving, all of that. You know, we played volleyball a lot then, too, and, and uh, loved volleyball. We played competitive. So my wife was a, a state champ and, and, uh, and great volleyball player. So we'd get on, on co-ed teams and we'd play volleyball. That was one of our deals that we did together. But I played and acted like I was always younger until one of them days on that first, that first ball hit out there and I'm running to first base, you know, sprinting, going to try to make a double. You know, going to try to stretch a double, and, and ooh, that old hammy tightens up. I realized my physical ability wasn't quite what it used to be. You know, here's the thing. There is never a lack where the Spirit of God is concerned. You know, I, I think about some of the things. I, I, this, I guess it was two years ago now. At 55, I bought a, a two-year-old colt. Or, well, it was three, I guess, but never, you know, never been touched. And we broke him and rode him and went through. I went, I went through and, and did everything with that, with that colt. 
And I think, man, I hadn't done that since I was young. What are you thinking? And, and I, started, I started thinking about that. Well, I wrote him till one day I just, I got off of him and I come in. I'd been riding for about a year, had him going really good. And I come in and told Sue, I said, I'm going to sell that colt. I made one phone call and, and down the road he went. And, and I don't have a desire to break another colt. I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, after I got in shape, I felt pretty good. But, you know, I remember the first time I got on that colt and I began to ride him, I could sure enough tell I was not in riding shape. I could sure enough tell my confidence wasn't there if he, but, if he broke in two. But it didn't take long. I began to get strong, and I began to ride him, and it didn't matter what he did. I had him on the backside of a pasture one day, and he was not wanting to be there. He was wanting to go to the trailer, and we were on the backside of a quarter, so we were a half a mile from the trailer, and we rode circles all the way. He was wore out. I was wore out. We were all sweating, lathered up. I mean, me and him, too. I had him pulled back, but he almost got me that time, and I was like, oh, Lord, don't leave me out here in the middle of this pasture. Nobody even knows where I'm at. But, uh, but spiritually, what about our, our spiritual lives? You know, do we ever hit the end? We never hit the end of what God can do, but are we in shape spiritually to handle it? So when life begins to throw more at us than we can handle, we got to learn to rely on the Holy Spirit. So let's look at what else he says here in verse 12. He says, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates... You will die, but if you, through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So again, he comes back. And he says, look, you're not under obligation to live by sin. You now live by the Spirit of God. He says, the power of the Holy Spirit, you put to death the deeds. So we do it by the help on the inside. Well, he's talking about how to live in victory over sin, but he's also talking about how to live in victory over the things that we can't handle in our lives or that maybe begin to overwhelm us. If we'll learn to rely and draw on that strength on the inside, if we'll learn to rely on that, you know, this begins to involve us in our everyday life. You start to go, man, I just don't know what to do with this, with this challenge. I don't know how to do this. So what do we do? We begin to go to God. We begin to seek Him. We begin to ask Him to guide us and direct us. Ask Him to lead us and strengthen us. As we, as we get down a little further into this, into verse, uh, let's go down to verse 26, uh, 26. It says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that can't be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we'll know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. You know, uh, it's very interesting. A lot of times we pull that verse 28 out separate. We say, oh, yeah, all things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. 
And that's a promise to us. But let's keep it tied to the two verses ahead of it. And let's connect it to the ones that we offer up in prayer and we ask the Holy Spirit's help in. I've just learned something. I can do things without God's help. Doesn't always turn out good. I try to learn and develop my life to, to not be out here doing things on my own and then asking God to bless them. You know, before I bought that colt, I asked God about that. I prayed over that. I said, God, show, lead me to, if, you know, I, I was wanting a, another horse, a different ranch horse, and, and uh, I, I was like, you know, how to pray. Let him, let him empower you to get it done. Remember, you have the greater one living on the inside of you. Remember that you have the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead living on the inside of you, that you can re begin to rely on that strength from within that gives you the ability to then also know how to pray and what to do. And then you'll see God cause everything to work for our good. He'll be at work in those things as we bring those things together. Now I want to close. I've got to wrap this up. But I want to close with, with also the idea and the understanding of the balance of this last verses of 31 through 38. I'll just read these as we close. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? And here he's getting ready to ask you the question, what are you going to say? If God is for us, who can be against us? See, when we get a little bit overwhelmed, when we don't know where to go or what to do, we don't know what's coming up next, we can, we can fall back on the fact that if God is for us, who can be against us? Then we can go on. And since, since he did not spare his own son but gave, up, gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us? Whom God has chosen for his own. No one for God himself has no one can, for God himself has given us the right to stand with him. Verse 34 Who then will condemn us? No one. Christ Jesus died for us and is raised uh, uh, raised to life for uh, was raised to life for us and is sitting at the right place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Verse 35 Can anything even separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecution or hunger or destitute or in danger or threatened to death or are just overwhelmed and don't know if you can go on? I'm adding that part. But we don't get separated from the love of God. As the scripture says, verse 36, for, for your sakes we're killed all the day long. We're, we're brought or being slaughtered like sheep. Yet verse 37 says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus. The King James just says, more, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. But I tell you what, we need to understand that in those times of distress or being overwhelmed or not really knowing what to do or how to do it, we're never separated from the love of God. And the power of God, the Spirit of God living in, in us gives us the strength and the wisdom and the direction and the help to overcome in those areas. I got to read these fi this final verse 38. He says, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from, the, from God's love, neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. 
no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. You know, I hope to die tonight that, that if you're in that place of just feeling a lot of pressure from the world, maybe at a point of maybe even being overwhelmed, that you can take hold of these scriptures to know that because of God's love for you, you can't, and you can't be separated from it, God's there for you. And if, and if we understand that everything the devil throws at us, we have, we have something on the inside of us, the Holy Spirit of God, that gives us the power to overcome. He gives us the wisdom. He gives us the direction. He gives us the help. All we got to do is cry out to him. We got to call upon him. Uh, as, we, as we wrap this up tonight, I just want to let you know that that I believe, and as we as we close in prayer, that you can call out to the name of to the Lord upon the name of the Lord. And if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, we uh, we invite you to contact us. Let us know so we can pray with you. And if you're in this place and maybe you just say, "Man, I just I just need to give up and 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 follow God." We're going to pray a prayer for us to do that. Let's pray together. Father, we just close in, in, in this service that we just thank you for all that you've done. And Lord, we just ask that you just be at work in and through the lives of, of the believers. I just ask for the, the, the lives of the believers here. The Lord, we know that no matter where, where we're at, the Lord, you know, you know exactly where we are. The Lord, we can run, but we cannot hide from the love of God. So Lord, all we have to do is turn to you. If there's anybody in this place that just feels that, that overwhelming, just, just more, there's, there's just more, they don't know how they can handle it. Maybe they're watching. They just don't know what, they can, what, the, what more they can do. I thank you, Lord. The one more thing you can do is ask the Lord's help. Rely on Him. Let Him be at work in and through your life. Turn to Him. Open this word. Open your mouth in prayer and come back, come to him. Father, I thank you and I praise you that you know each and every one. And it's, Lord, I pray that you just bring that, that overwhelming victory instead of the overwhelming pressure and defeat. I thank you. Your word says that when the enemy comes in, that like a flood, you raise a standard against him. And so, Lord, we praise you for that scripture tonight. And if there's anybody that needs to make Jesus Lord of their life, they'll know that they are qualified just because the Holy Spirit's drawing you. And that extension of the gift of salvation is given to you. And that you can say, Lord God, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. Father, forgive me come into my heart and life, you can be saved. Lord, I pray that they make that decision. Contact us so we can help them. We give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen.